Praise the Lord. Let's pray. We'll get right into the Word. Father, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you for this series on fighting the good fight of faith. We thank you, Lord, that this fight is fixed. It's been won over 2,000 years ago. And now we just enforce Satan's defeat with the name, with the blood of Jesus, and with the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would speak to us tonight. I pray that you'd give me utterance tonight, Lord. And I thank you, Father, ahead of time for it. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Amen. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies, the deceits of the enemy. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, not our boss, not our wife, not our husband, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against wicked spirits in high places. Because of this, in verse 13, we are then to take the whole armor of God, and when we have the whole armor of God on us, we are able to withstand in the evil day. And once we are standing, we're not to be casual about it. We are to continue to stand. Has anyone ever been in that mode, having done all to stand, stand? Well, it pays rich dividends to keep standing. And so we talk about some of these pieces of the armor. He says, stand therefore, having uh, your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And tonight we're going to look at this one, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So this verse of scripture then says to me that this involves some preparation. How many of you know that to be prepared is half the victory in life? Someone said this, that success comes when preparation meets opportunity. And so this preparation of the gospel, it is represented as protective shoes worn by Roman soldiers. Remember Paul's in prison? He's looking up at the Roman soldier and he's seen these leather straps around the foot and his feet are shod with sandals. His feet are shod with feet. Someone said that we must then, as children of God, have a prepared foundation. How many of you know the gospel provides perfect footing for everything you do in life? Now, uh, Josephus was a historian and a theologian. He described these shoes that the Roman soldier wore as thickly studded with sharp nails so as to ensure a good grip. See, a lot of times when they were fighting, they would fight on hills, they would fight in valleys, and so these cleats on the bottom of their shoes were to ensure then, when they faced the enemy, that they were not going to slip, they were not going to fall, but rather they they were firm-footed so that they could take the rest of their weaponry and not fall in the day of battle. And so then, the analogy is very clear, that God tells us to put on the armor of God, and part of the armor is that we are to have our feet shod with this preparation of the gospel of peace. How many of you know that we must have a good grip in life to be able to withstand the onslaughts of the enemy? Sometimes we face some adversities that seem very tough and very, very real. But thank God we're not pushovers in the kingdom of God. We've got a grip, hallelujah, on the good news, the gospel of peace. And so then he's talking about being firm-footed. 
He's talking about you and I being stable in our lives so that we may fight and not slip. You know, in the Word of God, in Luke chapter 6, it talks about you and I having a foundation. Now, there were two individuals. One individual, he built his house on a rock. He heard the gospel. He acted on the gospel so that when the floods came and the storms beat vehemently against his house, he could not be shaken. Why? Because he had a good grip. He had a good grip. His feet were planted firmly in the good news of Jesus Christ. And he was not just hearing the good news, he was a doer of the good news. So the storms of life and the floods of life come to each and every one of us. The other person was a hearer of the word, but didn't do anything with it. And so as a result, his life was not built on the gospel, it was built on the sand. It could have been built on religion. So that when the enemy came and the floods arose, the scripture says, great was the fall of that house. Well, that's not you and that's not me. Now, one thing for sure, it's very difficult to build a foundation during a flood. God's got a plan for us today so that we can be ready and stand firmly in the things of God. Say with me, having my feet shod enables me to stand and to hold my ground. Now, have you discovered that in life there are a number of things designed to cause you to lose ground? There's a number of things that come our way to try to take us off of our stand. Well, in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and I want you to notice with me in verse 1. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, or in the freedom, wherewith Christ has made us free. No sense of you trying to get free when Christ already set you free. You know, you notice the half and the past tenses in God's Word. For example, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And so it says here that we are to stand fast in the freedom where Christ hath made us free. And then he warns us, and be not entangled again with what? With the yoke of bondage. Some of those things that try to take us off of our stand and to rob us from our liberty could be symptoms in your physical body. Or it could be hopeless situations that you face. Or it could be the spirit of fear knocking on the door of your life. Whatever the case may be, know this, that the enemy is trying to knock you off of your stand with God. And so one thing that he likes to rob is he likes to rob people of joy. He likes to rob people of finances. He likes to rob people of peace. But say it with real strong with me tonight. He ain't going to rob me. I'm standing fast in the liberty, in the freedom. Man, that just sounds good. Doesn't the word freedom sound good? Jesus said, if you'll stay in the word, hallelujah, if you abide in him, his words abide in you, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall what? It shall set you free. 
the truth of God's word not only will set you free, but it will keep you free. Amen? Amen? Now, I found an interesting verse of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 16. I want you to notice verse 13 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. There's several words that we want to kind of break down tonight. First of all, he said, Watch you stand fast in what? Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. And be strong. So let's read that together. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, and be strong. So the first word we want to look at is the word watch. The word watch there basically means that we are to stay alert, we are to be sober. In other words, We are not to be asleep at the wheel, if you will, in our Christian walk. He tells us to be watchful. Think about the scripture that says, watch and what? Watch and pray. Prayer will keep you sharp. Praying in the Holy Ghost will keep you on your watch. So he says, watch ye. And then I want to connect this verse of scripture with this. You'd stay right there. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, you don't need to put it there. It says this, be sober. Be sober. That's tantamount to saying the same thing, watch ye. How many of you know that a drunk man is not a good watcher? And he may be watching some things that he shouldn't be watching. But I'm talking about watching the right things. Be sober. Why? Because your adversary, the devil... He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The ones that he may devour are the ones that are not watching. The ones that are not alert. And so we are encouraged in the scriptures. We are admonished in the scriptures to be alert. Because the enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Then it goes on to say, resist him steadfast in the faith, or resist him steadfast with your faith. Now, if you're not a watcher, if you don't know what the enemy may try to bring against you, how will you know when he's coming? He can blindside you. And that's why it is so important to be awake, and to be alert, and to be on your watch. Now back to 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. The second thing I want to say is this. He said, watch you. And then he goes on to say, stand fast. And that word there, stand fast, is to stand firm. And it means this, to keep one's standing. Or to be firm-footed. To be stable. Stand ye. Strong. You see, this gospel is a firm foundation. Now notice this next one. This kind of threw me. I don't know if this throws you a little bit. It says, quit you like men. Quit? I'm not going to quit being a man. No, I'm going to man up. So when it says, quit you like men, does not mean throw in the towel and quit. 
What this literally means is act like a mature adult. Whether you're a man or a woman, it's no longer time to be childish. It's no longer time to be carnal. Now, you can have fun in life without being carnal. You can be filled with joy and not be carnal. But what he's saying to us tonight is this. Quit ye like men. Act like mature men and women of God and be courageous. And be strong. Be strong. Be strong. So, let's look at a couple areas that we are to stand fast in. Well, we already looked at one. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. You couple that scripture with whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. The word of God is the law of liberty. And when you look into the word of God, you see liberty, you see freedom, you see emancipation. Now the second area that God wants us to stand fast in is to stand fast in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Bible says this. Now I'm going to take a little drink of water. Here's what the Bible says. It says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, what is there? Well, the Spirit of the Lord is in you, and the Spirit of the Lord is in me. And when He comes into our life at the new birth, and when He comes upon us in the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God does not produce bondage. The Holy Spirit produces absolute freedom and absolute liberty. What you experience tonight... At the beginning of the service, for about 35 minutes, you experience the Spirit of the Lord having free course. You experience the Holy Spirit liberating people from inflammation. You experience the Holy Spirit liberating people from back pain. And whatever else was in this room that shouldn't have been in this room, the Holy Spirit was there to liberate you and to set you free. So he says to us tonight, don't be entangled again with religious bondage. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, and maybe this can say it a little bit better. Ephesians the fifth chapter, if I'm going to stand fast in this liberty of this spirit-filled life, then I must do what Ephesians 5 says. Ephesians chapter 5. Notice with me in verse 18 through 20. And be not drunk with wine. You don't need wine. You don't need a wine cooler. You just don't need it. You won't go to hell for drinking a wine cooler. But you, should, you don't need that stuff. Why get intoxicated with the spirit of this world when you can get intoxicated with the spirit of God? And wake up the next morning still drunk. 
<laughs> you wake up the next morning, glory to God, and not be hungover. Being hungover ain't no fun. Uh-uh. No, you just wake up the morning still filled with the Holy Ghost. And then you want to stay full, you just open up your mouth and do what Ephesians 5 says. Here's how, here's how you maintain this liberty in the Spirit. Every day. He said, don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The Greek says, but be being filled with the Spirit. Remember, if you continue in my word, you'll be liberated and stay free. Well, if you continue drinking in of the Holy Spirit, you will continue to have a complete flow of liberty and freedom in your life. Hallelujah. This is the cure for depression. But being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the cure from down days. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands and let's take another drink tonight. Oh, we've to stable man delebo shiste. Oh, mridiste masokole. But be being filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Throughout the whole day, you can walk through your house and sing a song to the Lord. On your way to work, in your automobile, you can be singing a song to the Lord. Amen? At work. You don't have to be loud about it. But at work, you can be talking to the Lord. Maintaining that spirit-filled life. But just bringing a melody up from your heart to the Lord. Somebody says, I don't know how to do that. Well, here's where you start. You start by just saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Glory to God. Come on, let's do that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your holy name. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my, 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 my. Bless the Lord. And so that's kind of like a springboard into the realm of the Spirit. Start counting your blessings. Name them one by one. Thank Him for your salvation. Thank Him that He healed your body. Thank Him that He provided food for you when there was no food maybe a month ago. Thank you for enable, Him enabling you to pay your bills. Amen? Thank you for your wife. Thank you for your husband. Thank you for your kids. Thank you for a roof over your head. Ooh, hallelujah. Did you have something good to eat today? I think we ought to thank Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, glory. Amen. Speak to yourselves psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's what I have in my notes. Continuous exposure to 
and intake of the Word of God and staying filled with the Spirit of God are huge keys to being firmly rooted in these days in which we live and not falling back into any kind of bondage again. Whether it be the bondage of some sin that you've been set free from or the bondage of religion, the Word and the Spirit will keep you free. And so this idea then of having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace means to us this as well. That we must be mobile, we must be flexible, we must be ready with the truth. Everyone read that again with me. Having shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say that? Why would he say that to us? Because the truth of the matter is, is you and I need something on our feet if we're going to go anywhere. Amen? You don't need shoes if you ain't going nowhere. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith with this armor on, you're going to need some protection. Now, this may sound funny to you, but it's true. The enemy is out to attack your feet. What do you mean he's out to attack my feet? He's out to keep you from going anywhere. Preparation means ready to go. Move. Why? Because you've got a job to do. One of the things that the enemy wants to do is keep this church enclosed within its four walls. And to become me, myself, and I conscious. That's why we are doing a series on salt and light on Sunday mornings. Because, brothers and sisters, that's who we are. How many will work with me this for, just for a few more moments? Look at Romans chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Why do we need to be ready? And what do we need to be ready to do? Hallelujah. Sometimes I can't stand it. I just want to get on a jet and go. Romans 1, 15 through 17 says this. I'm a debtor both to the Jews, to the barbarians, to the wise, and to the unwise. So much as in me is, I'm ready to preach what? I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Read verse 16 with me. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Sounds like to me that Paul was ready to go right smack into the enemy's camp. Now, it's one thing to do a series on the armor of God and talk about how much we need to resist the devil and talk about the blood and talk about the name. But how many of you know 
It is not the entire picture of God's will for our lives. It is not God's plan and never has been for the church only to be on the defensive. To just sit around the house and resist. Just to talk about all the trials and all the things that we're going through. It becomes a place where we get in a mode of being defensive. What I want to say to you tonight, the other side of the gospel and the other side of the armor of God is to go. I said it's to go. And it is to be on the attack. If we're not careful, we can become attacked-minded. And that's where the enemy would like to leave some of you. Into a mentality of, I'm so under it, and I'm so under attack. No, it's time to rise up and go into the enemy's camp and do some attacking ourselves. (laughs) I'm telling you, the gospel scares the devil. He sees you coming... And he gets scared. I'm saying tonight, heart of the bay, we've got a good God. We've got good news. And we've got go gospel shoes on. <laughs> Say it with me. We've got a good God. we got the good news. And we've got go gospel shoes on. I believe in the name of Jesus, it's time for you and I to launch an attack. I mean, why don't we just load up the big guns? Come on, somebody. Load up the big guns with the glorious light of the gospel that liberates. Hallelujah. Be prepared to go. We could call these shoes our go gospel shoes. Look at Mark 16. Mark 16. Thank you, Lord. Mark 16, and he said unto them, verse 15, go into all the world and play tiddlywinks. No, preach the gospel. Are there some creatures around your house that need some preaching? Are there some creatures on the job that could use some preaching? How about use some serving? Use some invitations to church? He said, go ye. Into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If you're not going, you should be sending. I said, if you're not going, you should be sending. Hallelujah. I have a golden opportunity that's been afforded to me in the month of November. I'm not sure whether I'm going to take it or not. Probably won't. But uh, I'm a, if I don't take it, I'm pretty sure I won't, I'm going to do some sending. I may not be able to go everywhere physically, like you may not be able to go everywhere physically, but we can go there with our prayers. We can go there with our money. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. I'm talking about worldwide missions. I'm talking about worldwide stuff. But how about the world in which we live? We can do some going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Say with me, I'm a word sender. I'm a word goer. Verse 16, notice with me. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow the pastors. These signs shall follow them that believe. Say it with me, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. He said, in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And what will happen? Now look at your hands right now. Let's pray this together. Lord God, I pray that you would use my hands to minister healing. I pray for opportunities to minister health, to minister your healing power to those that are around me. Amen. Glory. Notice in verse 19, he said, So then... After the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached, where? They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with what? Will Will he confirm his word? How many of you have seen him confirm his word before? Hallelujah. All you got to do is open up your mouth, speak forth the truth, and he will confirm his word with signs following. How many, how many will do your job? Hallelujah. Well, you need shoes to go. Thank God our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Heart of the Bay Christian Center, get your shoes on. Look at Romans chapter 10. We'll read a few more scriptures tonight. Romans 10 verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be, what? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them. Now notice what they preach. They don't preach the gospel of condemnation. They don't speak, they don't preach the gospel of sin. They preach the gospel of peace. And they bring glad tidings or good news of good things. How many of you can think back to the person that brought you the word? How many of you can think back to the person that witnessed to you or the preacher that ministered the word to you? How many of you can think back? I can look back. And I can see Dad Hagen. You know, Dad Hagen passed away about 12 years ago this past week. Dad Hagen's feet and shoes will always be beautiful to me. Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report. Read verse 17 with me. So then faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. What do you say we go somewhere and do something for God? Isaiah 52, 7 says this. He said, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him 
that brings good news, that publishes peace, that brings good news of good, that publishes salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. So the good news, if we're delivering it properly through our lives and through our words and through our deeds, the good news that comes forth from us ought to produce peace in the people that are seeing it. It ought to produce peace in the people that are hearing it. I like what 2 Corinthians 5 says. Look over there at verse 18 through 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says, And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he has given unto me the ministry of what? Say this with me. He's given to me the message of reconciliation. Now, what is this message? Verse 19. To wit or to tell or to proclaim that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. And has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The greatest news that I ever heard was that God wasn't mad at Mark Thomas. That God loved me in spite of me. And that I could come to him just as I was. And he would not leave me just as I was. He would make me as he is. Oh, glory. This message of reconciliation, this message of love, this message of peace is what the world needs to hear. They They go through so much junk during the day, so much tragedy, so much, so many things that try to drag them down. What do you say we lift them up with the good news? Verse 20 says, now then, We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Amen. So I can tell people are freezing in here tonight. Is that true? You're really cold? Okay, just turn the fans off. It's either too hot or too cold. Thank God it won't be as hot as hell. Thank God we're not going to find out about that. No, that's right. Now then, we are what? Say with me, I am an ambassador. See, we talk about I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. I am rich. But you also are an ambassador. Say it again. I am. am. I'm an ambassador. ambassador. For For Jesus. Now, as an ambassador, we represent heaven. We represent him. And here's the ambassador's message. We pray that in Christ's stead, that you would simply... Be reconciled to God. We pray that you will lay hold of the grace that God has so freely given to you. We pray that you'll lay hold 
of his love that he has for you. And when you're preaching the gospel, don't preach it with a scowl on your face. Have a smile on your face. It's good news. You know what good news is? Good news to a sick person is healing's available. Good news to a depressed person is the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say with me once again, I am an ambassador for Christ. Be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Now in closing, let me just say a couple things to you. If you will be prepared in the gospel, if you will be prepared in the gospel, the gospel will prepare you to stand strong, right? To fight the good fight of faith, to move forward, and to take more ground. And here's the thing I really want you to see. I want you to get this. The gospel of peace enables you and it enables me to help other people maintain or regain their footing. I don't know whether you got that or not. I know I've been speaking a while, but let me say it again. The gospel of peace enables us to help others maintain or regain their footing. Talking about Christians that have lost their footing. We should not come alongside of them and say, you ain't been in church for a month, you backslidden buzzard. No, we should be over at their house, bring them in a pie. Hallelujah. Picking them up for church. Telling them about all that God's doing at Heart of the Bay. Come on now, be reconciled. I know it's been tough. I know you lost your wife. I know you lost your husband. I know what's been going on. I know it's been tough. But let me just, let me just lift you up. Let me, I got good news for you today. I got a gift certificate at the Black Bear Diner. Want to go have breakfast with me after church? That's being a good ambassador. See, people lose their footing. You ever fallen? You ever slipped? You ever felt so low that you felt like there never was, could be a way up? Ye which are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. We ought to be going with the good news, the restoring power of God. It's okay, honey. It's all right. God's forgiven you. Forgive yourself. Take up your bed now. Get rid of that crack pipe. Put that pornographic magazine away. And th- throw that computer out the window. Huh? Stop hanging around with Pookie and them. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus, when he saw one sheep that was gone, he left the what? He left the 99 to go after what? To go after the one. Some of you right now are thinking about that one. Go after them. Go after them. Go after them in love. 
Go after them in peace. Hallelujah. Make somebody's day. Glory. Give them a hug. Give them a Pentecostal handshake. Glory to God. Do something. Lest you do nothing. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10 says, For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. So in closing, I just want to say this. Be the one who is firm-footed and prepared to help. Pray that with me. Lord God, help me to be the one that is stable and firm-footed. I know that you prepared for me someone to help someone to bless in Jesus name well did you get it